It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you on a Monday, February 24th. That's right, just after the LA Galaxy's 1-1 draw with the Chicago Fire. Going to be a topic of discussion on tonight's podcast, but it is game week as well. The LA Galaxy will start the very first game of the 2020 season uh, this weekend as they travel to the Houston Dynamo to kick that off. So a lot of things, including Alan Franco rumors, some other rumors swirling around the LA Galaxy as well. A lot to get to uh in order to help me out today uh a guy who uh who was there at our live show who showed up actually got a round warm of a a warm round of applause if i could say it uh kevin the panda baxter kevin how's it going buddy that was hard for you to get out it it? it was it's always hard for me to get out buddy that's that's how it works mondays are (laughs) our rough road no, it was, see, you were trying to compliment me or, or, or extend a compliment, and that's what got caught in your throat. But by the way, speaking of that live show, I know it didn't go the way you wanted to, and Mother Nature had a lot to do with that. But I personally wanted to thank you for all the hard work. I mean, I don't know how many of those people that came out or heard the show or the, or the, the, the people that came by to see it uh, being taped live, how much work goes into that. I mean, you got to lug all that stuff over there, set it all up in the rain, um, plan that, write the script, organize everything, get everybody out there. Just dealing with the galaxy, trying to set that up, I know, was a hair-raising event. And, and uh, you know, again, I know it didn't go the way you wanted, but, you know, you're, you're doing this. As, it's a labor of love. You get paid exactly the same as I do for the show, which <laughs> is right. nothing. Um, but then when you look at what you put into it, the cost of the equipment, then hauling it around and all that stuff. Anyway, I just wanted to thank you, and I hope the listeners feel the same way. Um, that, that was a great idea. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. We'll have to try it again. Another live show some, somewhere. Maybe this time I'll actually show up and help you with some of that stuff. But uh, <laughs> So anyway, I just wanted to thank you for, for giving it a shot. It didn't work the way you wanted it to, but that's not your fault. Yeah, uh, you know, it worked. It, it was good. I mean, it was fine. It was what it was. Uh, obviously, the weather was not cooperative. Uh, Eric and I loaded in at about 11.15 uh, when it was not raining, and actually there was a little bit of sunshine out. We got everything up on the stage. We covered some things, and then it started uh, raining and hailing on us like I've never seen. And if you've seen, I, I think on my Instagram, I sort of put that story up there uh, at Galaxy Podcast um, on Instagram and, and just how hard it was raining. We had everything covered. Um, and then, you know, it was about close to our start time, and we were like, oh, okay, we're going to start here. And there was just constant communication back and forth with the with the galaxy. Which, by the way, I have to I have to credit uh, Chris Glidden uh, from the LA Galaxy who helped me set everything up and and do all that. And you know, for the most part, it went off without a hitch. But then Chris had to constantly update me via text message uh, about what was going on in terms of the lightning strikes and the weather delays. I mean, we got delayed four or five times from starting the show uh, just trying to do it. And we thought we were going to have enough time because we thought the game before was going to go its full length and therefore we would be able to do our full show and then sort of at the last minute, um, you know, Toronto and Colorado decided it wasn't worth it, Kevin, uh, to, to go ahead and, and do any more of that. And they were like, hey, we don't want to play anymore. And whenever that happened, it condensed everything down. So we were planning on doing an hour-long show right up until about 10 minutes before we finally did the show, which then ended up being about a 27-minute show uh, before the LA Galaxy kicked off, I think around like 335 
uh, was yeah, the, it was late time. Yeah, it was late. Um, but again, uh, it, it was funny. The the I was watching the weather radar as we were setting up, and you could see the cell just sort of building. I mean, light thunder and lightning is not a common occurrence here in Southern California, especially not on the coast. It happens maybe once or twice every year. Um, and you know that it's just hysterical that it happened to almost center right over uh, Carson, right over the stadium. And at one point, the stage had a moat all the way around it from all the water that was there. Um, but, you know, here was the positive thing was, uh, Kevin, is that the listeners who came were amazing. Uh, such amazing people, such, a, you know, just a way that they uh, they showed up and were there and waiting. We, I figured we had, you know, 150, 200 people there. Uh, there's a great picture up on the website, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Uh, and by the way, I need to shout out uh, the person who took that photo, uh, Lori, uh, Lori and Carlos, uh, Lori got jumped up on the stage was like, I'll take that picture. No problem. So she's not even in the picture, but she wanted to take the picture for us. Lori did a great job. Um, and then Carlos now has has promised uh, or has at least offered his services as a roadie uh, for the next one, because uh, Eric and I were saying, shouldn't, shouldn't we have roadies or something like that? Shouldn't we have people who help us carry this stuff? Um, but uh, for the most part, you know, the equipment was there. Everything worked OK. was OK with that. I just. The 27-minute show was not what we sort of promised, and I feel bad about that. And so because of that, I want to rain check. I want to do it again. Um, but you can't say that the people who listened to the show didn't show up because they absolutely did. Uh, and I imagine if it wasn't raining, uh, that there would have been even more people there. Uh, and I can't believe people stayed and braved that weather in order to be uh, there at our live show. So for that, I mean, I'm, I'm blown away by the support. Um, having said all that, I, I think we can do better. Eric and I talked about it afterwards, and we were driving home after the game, and we were sort of like, yeah, we could do better. Um, and I think that that's going to be our strive is to do better next time. So that's sort of that's our take on it anyway. Um, well, I wonder where we should do it. I mean, it, that was a great location. I wonder if we want to go back and try it during a, a regular season game before a game or whether we go to a, a pub or some other remote location before a road game, whether that would be. I mean, maybe maybe the listeners can can, can, can chime in you and let, let know what let us know what they want to do. What, what do they think is the best? option yeah i mean you know those are both good options and i like those and we've actually discussed both of those i love that location uh my thing that i've sort of kicked around with the la galaxy right now kevin is i said hey i want to do it again during the regular season but what if we raise money for the galaxy foundation um and so uh, i talked about possibly doing the stage and then putting up you know a little fence around that area and then you have to pay like two bucks to get in and, or, and all that money goes to you know the galaxy foundation or something like that i want to do something that, that benefits some other people um and i want to do it so that way you know you, you feel like you're doing something and, and people were talking about they're like can we just donate to you because i'm sick and tired of buying all your re- weird shirts and i i i, I certainly uh, understand that sentiment i'm like you know right now keep your money um, let's figure out what we can do for, for charity. So maybe something for the Galaxy Foundation. I love that location, the stage. It's perfect as far as I'm concerned. I'd love to do a real show from there. I'd love to do it with the actual guests that are supposed to show up and all that other fun stuff that we're supposed to do. Um, and so I think we owe that to the listeners. So we're going to try to do that, and hopefully it won't be too far here in the future, but I have to get with the Galaxy and see if, if we can do it there. If not, we're going to do it somewhere else, Kevin, and you're right. The, the pub before an away game uh, sounds like a great idea as well. Um, well, so, you know, the, the Galaxy Foundation did a fundraiser with Chicharito, and they it was $500 a head, and they, they got 30 people. So do the math. That's a pretty good fundraiser. I don't know. Maybe if people come out and see you, if Chicharito is worth $500, what would the going rate to shake your hand and get a picture with you? What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that that could be a thing. I, I think $2 was the fair price there. I don't know. Don't you think? Didn't you think? Didn't you hear that? I thought I, I priced myself pretty well. $500 for Chicharito, $2 for me. That seems about accurate right now. Yeah, that's in the ballpark. 
Certainly. At least it's in the ballpark. All right. So we're so we're at least getting close. We'll uh, we'll see what we can uh, what we can pull off with all of that um, and how we do that. So, um, but yeah, I mean that's sort of the uh, that's sort of the idea behind all of this is to get this stuff um, you know ready for uh, it, to to do this more often. And I think you guys showing up, I think that the listeners showing up, Kevin, gives us that power now. Um, I certainly feel that way. I think the listeners have given us a little bit of power with the LA Galaxy. We showed, I showed that picture around, you know, the press box, and everybody was like, "Wow, that's amazing turnout!" Um, and it was raining, you know, the whole deal. So uh, that's given us some power. But anyway, we'll we'll touch more on that as we keep going. Uh, the one thing I'd remind you, if you do want to support the show right now, we do have the T-shirts out there. The top fifty countries, the top fifty cities, um, the shirt that we're selling right now. Cornerthegalaxy.com. Click the shop button. They're twenty dollars, and like I said, we make about five dollars a shirt. If you want to know what our take is on that uh, after everything is uh, is sort of said and done, so uh, I'll happily do that. And we've sold about twenty three or twenty four of them so far. Uh, we really need to sell about a hundred of those. A uh, hundred of those really helps us do some stuff and probably helps us order scarves, which is something I want to do and I know everybody wants to do. So we have to sell the shirts in order to get the scarves. That's sort of just the the, the downward stream of things and how it goes. But um, it's something that we're trying to do. Uh, so head on over cornerthegalaxy.com and click on that shop button. And, and you can and do you that. And you said $5 from t-shirt goes to you. Yeah, five every yeah. yeah yeah five dollars so two and a half times your appearance fee. That, that's two dollars. That is, you're absolutely right. It is five, it, That is exactly what it is. Um, and so you know, I, I think uh, I think it works. Um, I think those types of things work um, for us to to sort of do that and just sort of help. Um, but everybody was really nice. The Q and A sessions that we did actually, and I know Kevin, you were off uh, interviewing. I think Kobe Jones, but we did Kobe some, Jones. Yes. Yeah, we did some interview stuff. Um, we did some Q&As while we were waiting when we couldn't do any of the weather hold, and that was great. I love doing that stuff, too. So we just need to do more of it. Quite honestly, the, you know, the COG people need to get out and do more of that um, if they want to sort of um, continue to, to do all this stuff. Um, we need to be in front of people. We need to be interacting with our listeners because you're all great people. Uh, there was one guy, um, by the way, who gave me some shirts for, for Jake. Um, some kids shirts and he said hey I've been sort of collecting these and you know I didn't use them that type of thing I don't remember his name so if you if, if you know who you are and you know your name email me cornerofthegalaxy at gmail.com so that way I can properly thank you uh, another big shout out to Laura and David uh, who got married the morning of the uh, of the preseason game and still showed up to our listener show uh, I think they're having a big reception sort of doing everything down in Mexico eventually uh, and that was the whole whole deal so they signed the paperwork this morning but they still showed up to our live show, um, wearing uh, bride and groom. So, so Laura and David, you know, congratulations and and good luck with the wedding down in Mexico uh, coming up. So uh, again, just fun meeting people, taking pictures, saying hi. Um, you know, we had some of the Galaxy Star Squad who came up and said, you know, we listen to your show because it's kind of mandatory listening. People are going to ask us questions and we need to know all the answers and you guys have, you know, all the information where we can get it, uh, which was super nice to hear and, and something I never even considered um, that that would ever be, a, you know, a reach or, or something that people would have to use. So, again, I, you know, blown away in a lot of this, Kevin. Um, I don't know what else to sort of take away from it, except for um, that there's some there's some cool people. Um, that so are, all the, this disinformation goes to a wider audience, just than the ones we're talking to. The yeah. people take it and, and use it. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's I, I gotta try to get some of this right occasionally. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have to start working a lot harder, huh? Yeah. Uh, I understand. I understand. So anyway, so uh, that's where we're at right now uh, with the LA Galaxy or with our live shows, and we'll sort of we'll keep you updated as it goes. But again, um, I can't say enough, and we're humbled. Eric and I were talking. Sophie was there. Sophie had a really bad week. If you've seen her Instagram posts, um, you know, somebody close to her died. She still showed up um, and was just uh, in love with all the listeners who wanted to say hi to her and take pictures with her. And, you know, Larry Morgan, not on Twitter. Uh, he loves the crowd. Uh, let's not lie. 
right? Uh, that, that dude loves the crowd. So uh, Larry was there as well. It was great. And unfortunately, because the show got condensed, we didn't get them up on the stage. Again, things that I wasn't happy about, things that I want to do better. So uh, I think we've wasted enough time now, uh, almost 11, 12 minutes of this show, just talking about sort of the live show. Uh, it was an experience that I never thought would sort of go that way. Uh, it was certainly interesting. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not upset about the weather or anything like that. I just know we could do better, and so we're going to try to do better. That's, that's basically it. That's our, that's our takeaway, uh, the COG takeaway anyway. Um, let's talk about the game, though, Kevin, uh, because it was an interesting game. The Galaxy finally got out there. We didn't know whether or not they were even going to start everybody because of the wet pitch. And they went out and they did. And, and for the most part, the field, you know, looked pretty good, I think. Um, I didn't have any problems with the field and how it played. Um, so the LA Galaxy go out there. Uh, they put out what very well could be a lineup against the Houston Dynamo coming up. Uh, David Bingham at goalkeeper, Rolf Felcher at right back. Uh, Felcher comes back after getting his green card. Uh, apparently that guy has green card superpowers. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Nick DePew was there. Giancarlo Gonzalez. Emiliano Ansua uh, made his Galaxy debut, at least in front of the stadium and all that fun stuff. Sebastian Legette played. Perry Kitchens, Sasha Kleschen, Alexander Katai, ha- uh, Javier Chicharito Hernandez, and of course Christian Pavone. Um, so that's what we saw there. Uh, from the LA Galaxy, and uh, I think for both teams, we could say it was probably a pretty lethargic first half. Uh, whether that was field conditions or everybody just sort of trying to figure it all out, the first half was a, a little bit of a yawn fest, although there were some good chances from Chicago, some good chances for the LA Galaxy as well, but nothing really uh, attempting to sort of be connected soccer in my mind. And I think you pointed out online, too, that it was interesting that you know Chicharito and Pavone, they, they both went to, eight guys went 90 minutes, including David Bingham, but one guy who didn't, who came out very early, was Alexander Katai. Yeah. And that raises a lot of questions. I think your speculation was, it could he have just been sick? Could it have been an injury that we don't know anything about, a lingering thing? I mean, even in Sua, who, as you mentioned, was making his Galaxy debut, even he went 78 minutes. Um, but uh, Katai came off early and wasn't very effective in the time that he played. No, and no it, he, he's not ready. If, if My big takeaway on this, Kevin, is that you look at him and you say, okay, he's not ready. He's not ready to, to be, you know, be playing 90 minutes yet. Um, and, and the fact that we haven't seen him go long at all in any of the games, granted, he got a red card in one of them, but uh, he was pulled in the first half in the, in the closed-door uh, scrimmage in between that, um, and then he was pulled in, what, the 65th minute in this. So there has to be something. This isn't, you know, I, I think some people wanted to say, oh, well, it's because he's playing horribly. No, nope, that's not it. That's not it, because in the preseason, if, you're, if that's the guy who's supposed to be starting and that's the guy, you're letting him play through that. You don't care if he plays bad. You're like, get better. Play, keep playing. Then the only way you're going to play is if you get these minutes. Um, but what you're seeing from Katai clearly is some sort of stepped mode for him, which was, you know, he played roughly 45 minutes the game before that. And now he plays, you know, 65 minutes. And so, you know, I, I think if you're looking at him in Houston, yeah, I expect him to start. He probably doesn't go more than 75 minutes and they're probably going to bring somebody in for him. Um, now, what's the deal with Joe Corona? I believe he came in off the bench, right? I know he was in the 18. Um, is has he lost his job to question? Has he lost it to Perry Kitchen? Is uh, and when when Jonah comes back, what happens? The midfield seems to be it. it, it you know the depth in the midfield is great, but it does seem to be a little bit in flux as to who's going to start when everyone's healthy. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, I think there is flux there. I think with Jonathan Dos Santos out, you, you're seeing that flux and sort of saying, okay, who's there with Joe Corona? Um, yeah, I think that he could be in danger of losing his starting spot to Sasha Kleschen. I think he could be in danger of losing his starting spot to Perry Kitchen. Um, I think that midfield is where everybody, that, that one position, there's one spot that's kind of open because 
I think at least for right now, we expect that Jonathan Dos Santos takes sort of more of the, you know, the central defensive midfielder role and that Sebastian Legette takes more of that central attacking midfielder role. So there's one guy. It's a box-to-box guy. Who's going to be, do you want to go a little more offensive with Sasha Kleschen, who I think still does a, does a good defensive job? I think Joe Corona is more offensive um, whenever you look at that. Um, and I think Perry Kitchen's more defensive. So I think in the second half, the Galaxy are winning. Uh, Perry Kitchen coming in off the bench is something that you can expect to see. But really, the battle here is between Kleschen and Joe Corona. I thought Kleschen had a very good game, affected the, the, the play positively, Kevin. Got a goal. You can say whatever you want about the goal. It wasn't pretty. It went in. That's all that matters. And um, one of the key points that, that Kleschen brought out was just the Galaxy getting numbers into the box was a big sort of improvement. I agree with that 100%. You could see that, especially go back and watch the replay, how many players get inside the box uh, whenever the Galaxy actually have a chance. So, um, yeah, I well, think, you know, I think ta- midfield's crazy right now. Well, talking about that, I mean, I, I again, we'll go back to what we discussed last week is the defense has not been strengthened to any great degree. Or at, I mean, and Sua had a great game, but when you look at the, the defense, it's still suspect, I think. Remember, 59 goals last season. Guillermo and uh, and Dennis have talked a lot about how you can strengthen the defense, not just by just putting defenders on the field, but by playing a different style of play. And if you're pushing all these guys into the box, uh, as Sasha talked about, that means defenders have to go with them. And all of a sudden, the other team has the seven or eight guys within 25 yards of their own goal. They, you know, they can't really counterattack and go back the other way. And I think that's going to help the Galaxy defensively. It's going to make their defense better. And when then when you look at that midfield, I think you, you're right. There are some defensive guys. There are some offensive guys. Um, if we find out that Ensua and, and and Nick Dupuy and, and those guys can do a really good job and maybe they don't need the help, but Katai's not ready, then maybe you go with the offensive midfielders. Maybe Sebastian pushes forward. Maybe Sasha becomes more in an attacking mode because you don't need the defensive help. If you find out the defense is still not ready, then maybe you have to play those defensive guys and, and then Katai has got to step up and or everything falls to Pavone and you don't have those midfielders helping much in the attack. I think it really depends on on, on how those things work out. Is Katai ready? Is Insua and, and uh, is Steris ready? Do you have a, a strong defense or do you have a strong offense? Yeah, I mean, again, you're sort of bouncing back. I thought Insua looked great. Um, I, in fact, I called him the you know the savior at left back in sort of my my reply uh, or, or or my look at this because you look at what the LA Galaxy have had problems at left back, and Insua seems to answer all those. Not only is he solid defensively, and he certainly showed that, and he's a, he's aggressive defensively, which you like to see, uh, but he's good getting up the field for the LA Galaxy, and that's something that Guillermo is going to demand of, of both of his outside backs. I mean, I talked about Rolf Felcher being a changed man since. He got his green card. Uh, Rolf Felcher juked one of the Chicago uh, fire players out of his shoes and put a pass almost right between his legs. Um, That's a Rolf Felcher and a confidence from Rolf Felcher we haven't seen since he joined the LA Galaxy. Um, And he was putting in good crosses and dangerous crosses. I mean, you know, you look at the one Chicago fire goal and it was clearly offside. Um, I don't know why, especially whenever you look and they said that there was an assist given to a player and we were all arguing, well, if he touched the ball, then he's offside. And they're saying, well, yeah, he got the assist. Well, then he's offside. Well, then maybe it wasn't an assist. Maybe it was one of the Galaxy players. But you look at that and that's a broken play. Broken plays are going to happen. Um, absolutely going to happen. There's not much you can do about it, and that's how that's how goals get scored or broken plays, uh, lapses in defense. Uh, in my mind, it's not a horrible goal to give up. Uh, it's bad because it ends up being 1-1, uh, but for the Galaxy, they controlled large portions of the game. The defense looked solid. Nick DePew looked good again, which is another question. It's what are you going to do with Nick DePew? 
Um, are you just going to sit him on the bench? Because right now he looks perfectly capable of playing high-level Major League Soccer defense. And the only sort of caveat that you put on that, Kevin, is that you look at Nick DePue and you say, okay, but we've seen him for like three preseason games. Yeah, uh, and, and young guys have, you know, th- that happens all the time. There's a great fluctuation. You know, he'll have a great... 20 minutes and then a horrible 15 minutes and then another good 20 minutes. You just, it, until they find that stability, I think you got to be a little bit cautious. Yeah, you have to be. And, and like you said, young guys especially are, are sort of uh, uh, victims of that. Having said that, Nick DePew has been perfectly consistent through the three games that I've watched him play. Uh, I haven't had many issues with the way he plays defense. Um, the Galaxy's defense as a whole, even though they're returning a lot of guys. I mean, you, listen, you, you don't have Dan Stairs in there, who was your most consistent defender last year. Um, you know, there's some competition in a lot of these places where I don't think we thought there was going to be competition. And it's coming from guys who, you know, are signed to the LA Galaxy right now. Um, you know, sort of as as these backups, um, which is what you want to see. Um, we talked about at the live show on Saturday, um, you know, the LA Galaxy signing another homegrown in Jonathan Perez, a midfielder. Um, so now they have Cameron Dunbar and Jonathan Perez, uh, both coming from the academy, both homegrown players. The Galaxy now have five homegrown players in there. Um, so there's, there's depth to this team that I don't think they had last year, but the depth isn't exactly uh, depth I would call knowledgeable about Major League Soccer. And I don't think you're going to be reply, relying on guys like Cameron Dunbar or Jonathan Perez to sort of make or break your season. But you are going to be relying on guys like Sasha Kleshin, a guy who we thought was brought in as sort of leadership and, uh, and some leadership depth and some, you know, a, a thinking guy. And Guillermo talked about it after... Um, after the game, how smart Sasha Kleshin is. Um, you know, and I asked Sasha about that, and he was sort of saying, yeah, I mean, I have the experience. He goes, but I've also, you know, I have the soccer IQ. I understand these things. Uh, Sasha Kleshin could be a huge difference maker for the LA Galaxy, especially if you compare him, uh, you know, positively with the Jonathan Dos Santos. You do that with Sebastian Legette, and I'm sorry, but I, I love that midfield. That midfield is a dangerous midfield. Now, can you rely on a 34-year-old Sasha Kleshin to give you all the minutes that you want? Probably not, but you have depth there with Perry Kitchen um, you know, in there, with Joe Corona. Um, but those guys understand that they're bench players right now if, if everything sort of continues the way that we expect it to continue. Well, you talk about the depth. I mean, there's a a great deal of depth in the midfield, not so much in the back line, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but nothing up front, as far as I'm concerned. There's not, you know, you got three guys, and they all have to play 90 minutes every game. Um, But with that midfield, I think one thing you have to do is you got to get minutes for everybody. Those guys are not going to be consistently good if they're not playing on a consistent basis. And um, that means, you know, some of those guys are not going to play 90 minutes. And uh, a lot of guys are going to be playing 15 and 20 minutes off the bench. And hopefully that's enough. Certainly you're not going to send a Joe Corona down to play Galaxy 2 just to get some minutes. I mean, you know, that that's not going to happen. So that's going to be a little bit of a, a of a delicate thing this year. And then when Efrain comes back, what do you do with him? He needs to get playing time, too. So. There's just a ton of midfielders, and they they and they all deserve to play, and they all want to play. But when you talk about the competition, and certainly in the midfield, that's there. You know why Rolf Felcher, I think, is is playing so well is because Julian Araujo. He he knows Julian Araujo was with the national team. He knows he spent a month training with the best players in the country. He's seen what he can do. He sees it every day in training. Julian Araujo is right there, nipping at his heels, and he really wants to play, and probably. Uh, deserves to play, but right now Rolf Felcher is playing better, and the reason he's playing better is because he's being pushed, and I think you, that's why you see a better Rolf Felcher. I don't believe that Rolf really felt like I'm not saying he he was just phoning it in, but it, there's a difference when you know every day in training that there's a guy right behind you as opposed to 
you're probably going to be the starter. And I, I just think that's changed his attitude a little bit. And that's, I think, I think that's why he's playing so much better. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I think that, you know, Rolf Felcher does feel Julian Araujo over his shoulder. I think that that's an important part to this whole thing um, is sort of understanding uh, that that Rolf Felcher understands there's pressure. But there's also has to be some tremendous sort of, I don't know, not job security, but some understanding that you go and get your green card, Kevin, um, and that you're providing value to not only yourself, as we've talked about before, but you're providing value to the team as well in this case. So um, I have to feel that, you know, Rolf Felcher is feeling some added confidence and sort of maybe a little bit of more added job security uh, now that he's got that green card as well. So um, for me, uh, seeing his step forward could be a huge positive for, you know, the LA Galaxy. Um, This could be sort of the answer. And I think Eric was sort of doing his grading the galaxy that's up on cornerthegalaxy.com, sort of looking at it and said, Rolf Felcher now seems to be the perfect complement of, you know, Emiliano and Sua on the left-hand side. Um, And if you can get that symmetry there, I think the LA Galaxy can be dangerous. It's more about Guillermo's coaching then, and that was something I think we were critical of last year, of of sending everybody forward and not having anybody back to sort of be that defensive side and understanding that Felcher and, and Insua need to sort of you know stagger their runs and make sure they're still providing coverage and not just leaving two center backs to always defend on an island. So who do you think paid for his trip to Italy and the hotel and everything else? I, I I was sure I was sure that he just used his frequent flyer miles, right? Come uh, on, because I mean, imagine you get a business trip to Italy and the hotel and everything else, and all you got to do is just show up at the embassy and pick up a green card. That would be kind. Of, I guess he probably went to the hotel gym and worked out a little bit. He did. He did. He showed he showed some Instagram uh, photos or, or at least videos of him working out in Italy. So it was it was still a thing. Just a, an interesting. Eventually, we'll have to talk to him and ask him how that whole thing came about and sort of why Naples, Italy, was the place that he needed to go, which is kind and, of funny. Did he sing while he was there? I'm sure he did because we all know that man has a voice of an angel. So right. So it's like the the green card isn't ready until the skinny defender sings. Yeah, I, I think in in Italy they actually make you sing for your green card. I think that's actually oh, how it yeah. works. So, uh, so that's interesting. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I mean, the, the other thing I think that we have to sort of point out is that, um, you know, there were a lot of questions about Giancarlo Gonzalez coming into this game because I don't think he's had a very good, um, you know, preseason. Uh, and you know, did he do anything to sort of alleviate any of those fears um, going, you know, after this game? Are you are you convinced anymore about him, Kevin? Or do you? No, feel- I, I mean, you keep talking about Nick and 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 Dupuis has looked really good, and and we'll talk about Alan Franco in a minute, but. I mean, to me, that's the guy who sits. If if Nick continues to play well and deserves playing time, or if Franco comes, I mean, I don't think you sit Steris. I think Steris is your guy, um, and so this, you know, Steris is is kind of the rock in the center, and then you build around him, and he's going to be the quarterback of that defense and works really well with David Bingham, which is important. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, right now Giancarlo Gonzalez is is kind of the guy that's on the bubble a little bit. Yeah, he still seems like he is to me. I don't think he's done anything. I thought David Bingham was once again busy. Uh, Bingham seems like he may be a, a leader in saves again at this point. Um, but I have also seen from him a lot this preseason being much, much better than he was last year. Whether he's just been getting lucky, Kevin, which is always a possibility. Um, you know, or or he is an improved player from last year. Maybe he did a lot of offseason work, but he's looked good at cutting down the angles. You know, he hasn't given up some some big rebounds. Uh, he stopped a lot of breakaways that the Galaxy, unfortunately, have given up. Uh, so David Bingham, for me, has you know sort of raised his stock so far this year as well. So, I mean, I think the only question mark that's still sort of out there, Kevin, is, you know, is Chicharito going to score? 
Um, because I, I think that's everybody's sort of expecting that he was going to put up, you know, monster numbers and, you know, whether or not he was actually going to put anything back in the net in the preseason certainly would have helped. I think it would have helped his confidence, uh, and just sort of getting him used to the league. But as we've seen so far, that hasn't been the case. Yeah. And he seems frustrated, but I mean, again, I'm going to go back to, I'm saying 12 to 15 goals. So if, if I'm right, which I rarely am, that's like a game, a goal every two and a half games. So he, he did have a, uh, one goal in the preseason. So he's kind of on pace for that a little bit. But um, it, that doesn't mean he's not effective. I mean, he didn't get the goal. Sasha Kleshin got the goal, but Chicharito was right in the middle of it. Sasha doesn't score that goal without Chicharito's contribution. I think he's been dangerous. The chemistry is still not quite there. It's getting better. He had some really dangerous runs. He's fa- much faster than – I mean, I've seen him play a lot, but he had some really long runs in this last game that he really got to turn on the Jets, and he's a lot faster than I thought um, You know, over long distances. I, I still think he's dangerous. I still think he's doing his job. He's contributing, and maybe he's not putting the ball in the back of the net, but he's opening it up for others to do that. So um, – I've been kind of happy with what I've seen from him so far. And I think he's, I do, he's not going to score 30 goals. We know that he knows that, that that was the agreement coming in, but I think the team is going to be better. And and when you go back to David Bingham, I don't know how much the Barney outfits helping him. Uh, I thought he made some, some pretty, uh, Good saves. You know, they gave up. Unfortunately, the, the Galaxy did not have a clean sheet in the postseason. They gave up six goals in five games. But I thought David Bigham played very well. The challenge for him is that, you know, Guillermo is going rapidly to this attacking 4-3-3. And they're going to play the ball out of the back. And that means that Bigham has to be very active coming way off his line, which he's done. But he needs to be much better, I, I think, playing the ball with his feet and because a lot of things are going to start from the back. And I think that may be one challenge that David Bigham's going to have. How well can he play with the ball at his feet? Yeah, it, it can, very well could be uh, one of those things. Um, I, I Again, I think the Galaxy, uh, for the most part, I think the preseason should be viewed positively. Uh, you may say that they gave up a whole bunch of goals in, in that, but they also scored a bunch of goals. The only game they lost was the one to Toronto. Um, so they're they're still doing their job for the most part. Um, I, again, I don't know if that holds out, and we you know the preseason doesn't mean anything until it means something. So I don't know that we know anything. Uh, I think Chicharito was robbed twice. I think there was a handball that wasn't called for a possible goal for him, uh, and I think that there, he was also pulled down on one of the plays as well. Um, so you know, having seen that, and and you know, again, I, I know referees are in the preseason as well, but we've seen some pretty poor examples of officiating over the preseason so far that makes me uh, somewhat nervous to see what you're going to see during the regular season, and it always takes a little while for all that stuff to sort of iron itself out and and be you know back at mid-season form again but um you know for for my takes and certainly watching what I've watched with the LA Galaxy in in this preseason it's been it's been hit and miss both by the Galaxy and by the referees and in a lot of this so um I think if you're a Galaxy fan you need to be thinking positively um positively for the for you know what's coming up for this season I think that there have been some improvements I think that the LA Galaxy as a team overall just chemistry wise um, or let's just say personality wise Kevin has taken a huge step forward um, they've got a cheerleader on the team now instead of uh, maybe a, a perfectionist um, and so uh, you know I think Chicharito is going to have po- some positive effects for this LA Galaxy team um, going forward uh, this season and, and I think that as a unit they're going to be more uh, prepared for for sort of the things that are coming down um, down the pipe for them um, well I think some of the intangibles are things we need to watch for like, as you said Chicharito and scored and and he is getting frustrated um but but what's that frustration is the frustration with his teammates is it with him is it with gee this is you know i'm in a little bit of bad luck you got to kind of watch that because that can 
fester a little bit. I don't think it's doing that now. I don't think there's any danger of that. I'm just simply saying if he all of a sudden goes 10 games without a goal, that could be something that 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 watch, to watch because he's a you know extremely positive guy. And you're right about Sasha Kleshin. He was definitely brought in. I, I've talked to a number of people about this. He was definitely brought in to create uh, an atmosphere in the dressing room. And what he does on the field is almost, uh, you know, extra. And and I think that he has probably done a very, it seems like he's done a very good job in creating that clubhouse atmosphere that they want. Everyone seems to be together. And, you know, add Jonathan to that when he's there. There's not much you can do when you're injured. You're not on the field with your teammates. You're not on the sidelines or anything. Um, you're not training with them. So when Jonathan comes back, I mean, he's proved to be a solid citizen as far as a team leader. Um, I kind of like the way the team is coming together from that aspect. I'm a real big believer in team chemistry. Right. Um, uh, in, in all sports, and I think the Galaxy have that this year. Yeah, it feels that way. Uh, we'll see. It, it all, you know, at some point, I think. I, I Dave, mean, yeah, I was going to say the guys that I thought, and I could be totally off base. I I didn't spend a lot of time getting dressed in the Galaxy locker room. I don't know what happened when the media w- wasn't in there, but I mean, guys that I felt were not necessarily pulling on the same end of the rope all the time, playing for the team. I'm not sure that Diego Polenta was always a team guy. We know, uh, you know, Salatan had his issues. Um, both those guys are gone, right? Uh, and so I, I just and the atmosphere it creates around them. I mean, we saw the way that Jonathan acted when Gio was there, and the way Jonathan has stepped up and become the solid citizen since Gio left. Um, so it, it, sometimes it's not even the guy, the, the, the individual person; it's the atmosphere that's around him, the other teammates. So you know, if if we agree, and I, again, I'm just speculating, if we agree that that Polenta say was a problem, we know that Zalatan was. Um, with those guys gone, maybe the guys around them um, that didn't feel the ability to step up and be leaders last year, maybe they do that this year. Yeah, they very well could be. Um, it's very, it's just, it's just an interesting time. I always like this time of the year. This is, you know, everything's sort of uh, done. The LA Galaxy have a roster compliance date this year. Um, they had one last year. You'll remember that's when Giovanni Dos Santos got uh, was was officially bought out of his contract by the LA Galaxy. Uh, there's a roster compliance date this year too. It is on the 28th. Um, so the LA Galaxy need to be roster compliant by the 28th. But Kevin, guess what? As far as I can tell right now, they're already roster compliant. Um, there's not going to be any countdown like there was last year between the two of us sort of no, watching just some additions yeah it, it, it still seems like some additions and i think we've gordon talked wild. about them uh gordon wild was one that guillermo said he wanted to sign so unless guillermo doesn't know what he's talking about um then gordon wild should be added to this roster by the end of this week and by the way it doesn't have to be by the end of this week there's no there's no roster freeze they don't need to put him on the roster right now but if they're planning on signing him and having him be available for them to play uh then they'll want to sign uh gordon wild uh the other one is kai kareniak that i've talked about many times as well. I feel like they're still going to sign him as well. Now, does that happen right away? doesn't need to happen by the first game. Um, it just needs no, to neither happen. Neither one of those guys will travel. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't see either one of those guys going to Houston. Uh, you may, t- I mean, do you, you might take Gordon Wild. You might take him in case there's, there's an injury at striker because he is the striker backup. I mean, him and Zubak are sort of those guys that, that right now, if there's an injury to Chicharito, you know, during training that they could go, or if there's an injury to Chicharito when he's stepping off the bus, um, you know, getting ready to go to the Houston game, then that's, you know, something. But as we've talked about, there's also rotation that you can make uh, to make Pavona forward or anything else. So, um, yeah, you're right. These are these are these are fill ins at this point, Kevin. We're starting to, we're trying to fill in the roster with 24 spots uh, currently filled. You could look at two more being 26. That leaves just four open roster spots for the LA Galaxy to make out the rest of their roster. So, you know, if, if anything happens to Chicharito stepping off the bus, people are coming after you. Yeah, I know. I, you know, it is what it is. I can't, 
Knock I, on wood. Knock on wood. Come on. Knock on wood. That, that was, okay. Um, there's no wood in my office. That's a, No, there is. I'll find it. Before this end of the show, I'll get it. Next time you're talking, I'll, I'll definitely hit it. Okay. Um, but one of the things that, um, that y- you sort of look at for this LA Galaxy team is, you know, filling out this roster and sort of getting ready for this team or for this game coming up this weekend. Um, you know, the LA Galaxy also still in in acquisition mode in terms of trying to bring somebody in. I know that there was a move today. Uh, I think you and I might have differing views on why it happened, but the LA Galaxy did acquire uh, some general allocation money for some homegrown player rights. It's a classic MLS transaction here, Kevin. Uh, the Galaxy acquired $50,000 in general allocation money for the homegrown rights to gold keeper John Pulsecamp. Uh, Pulsecamp was with the LA Galaxy Academy for two years before turning pro with SKC 2 in the USL Championship in 2019. Um, so SKC Sporting Kansas City likely purchasing his homegrown rights so they can add him to their senior team roster and not have him count against the cap. Um, that's that's pretty that's pretty much their their thing. He hasn't been with the LA Galaxy since I think 2018. I think in 2019 is when he turned pro. Yeah, um, and to, that's fifty thousand dollars. Like you said, it's a procedural thing. I mean, I know it's pocket change for you, but for the MLS teams, it's fifty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. I just uh, I'm not really necessarily saying that that money is going to lead to the next uh, tr- transaction, but I do think that that money is not going to sit in Dennis DeClosa's pocket very long. It's going to go to somebody at some point. Uh, whether it helps to bring in an Alan Franco, whether it helps to sign Gordon Wild, maybe maybe that's what they've been waiting on. I mean, I nobody knows except for Dennis. Nobody knows what the budget looks like, so uh, and we won't find out for a while. But that that money is not going to, as I said, that money is not going to stay in Dennis's pocket very long. It's going to be spent, and and there will be another transaction, I believe, uh, coming uh, as a result of that. Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, it's, I'll, I'll, if, if you really, if we want to get into the, to the adversarial stuff where you say one thing and I say another thing, I'll tell you right now, it it means nothing. Uh, it's $50,000. <laughs> it'll work. It'll be in somebody's pocket. They'll use it. Um, but this wasn't a precursor to another move. You can't say that a is the responsibility of B whenever this is just, this is a housekeeping measure that MLS has. They you don't, know what? yeah, media, media party. Uh, they could throw a media party. We, we could, f- we could, I, that's a good idea. They could spend $50,000 on a media yeah, party. Yeah. Right? over to the American Express or the champions lounge that sounds like a see this is a great idea i like i like that already um this is just i just want to say this is like a housekeeping thing that mls has it's a pain um i'm sure that in some ways the galaxy might be like you can just have his homegrown rights but mls mandates that there has to be something exchanged for something and so this is apparently what the going i think this might be the minimum amount of money that you can actually move because we see this like fifty thousand dollar general allocation money move played all the time um, this is like the standard, hey, it's like having a $5 bill. It's like, oh, do you have a $5? Okay, we'll just do a $5 bill. We don't want to deal with ones. We'll just deal with fives. I don't know. It's just uh, it's just one of those one of those things. So uh, the LA Galaxy, like I said, uh, filling out their roster does not have to be filled out. And by the way, the roster freeze deadline isn't until, um, you know, almost before the playoffs. Um, so this isn't something that we're necessarily worried about uh, right now. But the primary transfer window does not close until May 5th. We've talked about that many times. The secondary transfer window opens in July 7th um, and goes all the way to August 5th. Um, and then you have the roster compliance date of Friday, February 28th and the roster freeze date. This is when your roster has to be done. Uh, you can't add any more. You can't do anything. It's Tuesday, September 1st. Um, so just keep that in mind as you're hey. looking at all these dates. You know what? There was a rumor last week about Guillermo reaching out to uh, uh, Leo Messi uh-huh. if he was unhappy. Do you think that fifty thousand dollars might play into that? Yeah, yeah. I think it might go to like the first class uh, or the uh, the the private jet you'd have to fly to go over and even talk to Messi. 
Um, no, I listen, I, I know a lot of people were saying that's never going to happen. And I'm like, no, it, it can't happen. You know, and, and people want to say, you know, what are the chances that, that phone call actually happened? I bet it actually happened. I don't think it. I don't think it wouldn't happen. Uh, Guillermo has the ability in the position that he's in, and being the national, um, you know, sort of icon in Argentina that he is, is to have a friendship with Messi's dad. That doesn't seem like that's outside of a stretch at all. Um, both being Argentine, come on, that that's a thing. That has to be a thing to be able to do that. Now, people were like, "Well, were they seriously trying to get Messi to the galaxy?" Yeah, they were seriously trying to get Messi to the galaxy. Does that mean that it was a um, uh, you know, a likelihood that they could get it done? No, no, I don't think that they expected to get it done, but they certainly wanted to reach out and be like, hey, Messi, you know, if you want to come to MLS, we're your guys. We'll do literally anything to get you here to Major League Soccer. Yeah, um, I mean, if nothing else, it's reminding them, hey, we got some Argentine players here, Argentine coach, we play the kind of system that you want. Yeah, I, I don't see any harm in it, obviously. Uh, it probably is a good, smart thing just to, you know, all they can say is, no, I'm not coming. And who knows what he might say. The thing with the Galaxy, though, is, is and I was talking to Landon Donovan about this. Uh, I'm doing a story on, on the Beckham signing. And Landon said when he first heard those rumors back in, in 2006, 2007, he was like, David Beckham is not coming to MLS. Right. Look at where we are now. I mean, David Beckham came. And I th- still think a lot of people thought, well, okay, that's the one shot. We're never going to do this again. Who followed David Beckham? If if someone had told you back in 2009 or 10 that Robbie Keane was coming to be followed by Steven Gerrard, Giovanni Dos Santos, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and Chicharito, you would not have believed any of those. Correct. Yet they all happened, and that's because somebody said, hey, why don't we give David Beckham a call and see what's going on? Yep. Um, so, yeah, did, is, is Messi uh, going to play in Houston? No, but <laughs> it doesn't hurt to call. That's right. You Well, I mean, and this this may not pay off this year, and, and it's probably not going to. It may to. not pay off ever. It may, exactly. Like, but but it could also pay off in three years, right? I mean, it could you could set the groundwork right now. We've heard about how they chased Giovanni Dos Santos for, what, five years? Uh, they chased yeah. Zlatan Ibrahimovic for like two or three years. Um, so all these things happen. You make the phone call, you get inside somebody's head, and you say, hey, we want you if you would like to come we are here we're just reminding you that we're right here and that Jovan Karofsky can be on a plane talking to you as fast as we can get him there oh that might not be a good idea but it it may not and it may not net you messy but um you just never know I mean messy maybe messy says no you know what I I don't like LA I I don't like Hollywood I'm not coming but here here's Anton Griezmann you want to talk to him I'll hand the phone over or he goes to an Argentine national training camp and says to Sergio Aguero hey you know the galaxy looking for a forward if you're tired of playing at Man City I mean you just never know where this is going to go. All I can tell you is before they signed Gerard, it was like, no way they're not going to get him. And then it was no way they're not going to get Zlatan. All those guys, Bastian Schweinsteiger going to Chicago. Really? I mean, it happens. It, it does happen, and that's why you lay the groundwork. Uh, the LA Galaxy weekly schedule for you. Uh, they'll be training Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Their very first road trip starts on Friday, where they'll travel to the Houston Dynamo. Kevin, you'll uh, you'll have some more on that. I want to give the the full schedule. So travel to Houston on Friday. Game at twelve thirty Pacific time. Um, this game is on Univision. Uh, so that is the regular season opener. LA Galaxy at Houston Dynamo. But Kevin, you are traveling to Houston with the team. I am. I'm probably going to get in trouble, so uh, I'm not going to give away too much. They will be traveling in a plane. Uh, it is commercial. They'll be leaving uh, after 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and they're getting there very late, like getting there around 6.30, 7 o'clock Houston time. Anyone who's been to Houston knows the airport is a long way from the city, so they're not going to be uh, in their rooms until 8 or 8.30, a team dinner after that. Uh, and then 
the game is I think two thirty uh, Houston time, yeah, right? It's Twelve thirty here, yep. and then they and they fly back at eight something uh, Saturday night. So it's a very very quick turnaround. They'll be in the city of Houston for less than twenty four hours. Yeah, which is is I know there's always questions about how they travel. By the way, no, not a charter. You said it was commercial. I just want to clarify, it's not a charter. Um, there will be an e- increased number of charters this year, but it didn't eight. happen on the first one. Yeah. Uh, right. It didn't happen the first one, so everybody chill out. Um, so, so you have that, um, and then um, they're they're planning on going and hit. It's the quick hit. It's get there, um, get there in fast. So they'll train on Friday morning. I know it's not on the schedule, but they'll train on Friday morning. It might just be a walkthrough, might be something light, but they'll do a little bit. They'll change, they'll shower, they'll get their bags, they'll get in the bus, they'll head to LAX, and they'll way to Houston. Uh, they will go at the mercy of the flights. Um, yeah, the, the one drawback in that, it sounds all good if it all works out. If there's a flight delay, a weather delay, anything that delays them, again, if they're in Houston for 24 hours and their flights delay two hours, that's 22 hours. You know, it's just, right. it, it, it's a little bit dangerous. And the Galaxy did take a long time to book this flight. They thought about a charter. It's like three and a half hours to Houston. You don't think it's that far because of the time change and stuff, but it, it's quite a far flight. I mean, they could have easily used a charter since it's, it's the first flight of the year and everything. They decided not to. Um, obviously, they went through their schedule and decided to use their eight charter flights somewhere else. The other interesting thing, this is Chicharito Hernandez's first ever, I believe, commercial flight to a game. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, he played in Europe and they, they take buses and trains and, and when they fly in Champions League, it's all charter. He's probably never seen the inside of a commercial flight with a with a uh, a team uh, a, a team track suit on. Right. So we'll see how that goes. Well, he's a first class guy, right? I mean, some of these people do sit in first class. In but, my mind, Chicharito flies first class. But yes, it well, will be commercial. Here's the thing. It's very interesting. And this is kind of one of the reasons I'm going because I'm going to write about Chicharito's first trip is Zalatan was absolutely a first class guy. And, right. um, you know, he was brought up to the gate by he had a security guard with him and he got, you know, um, uh, not saying he didn't interact with his teammates. He, he was wasn't you know a jerk, but he definitely flew first class. Um, I've been on flights where I've seen Landon Donovan sitting in the middle seat and coach. I know that Carlos Vela always sits in the back of the plane in a middle seat because he plays cards with his teammates. Kaká was like that. Wayne Rooney didn't want first class. He said, "If I'm going to be the captain, I need to be with my team, and I'm not with my team if I'm sitting alone in first class." My understanding is the designated players do uh, pretty much get it first class if they want it. That uh, right. the team gets a number of first class seats generally goes to the head coach and then the designated players. Uh, the Galaxy did a thing too where they would rotate that. They had one seat that was for sort of the uh, for the trip back. It was sort of for the player of the game, whoever had the best game. It might be David Bingham. It might be. Ethan Zubek, it might be whoever, they, as a reward, they got one of the first-class seats. We'll have to see how Chicharito plays this. I mean, uh, he may want to sit first-class because he doesn't want to take a chance of, of getting some sort of muscle strain, trying to squeeze into a coach seat. He may decide that he wants to send a message by being with his teammates. We'll have to kind of see how he plays that. It'll be, it's all be fun. We'll look for your, uh, your report the following Monday as you make it back. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, the other thing that we want to get through now, because it is, you know, the first week of the of the season, really. This is their first prep week, everything that's going on. Uh, the LA Galaxy's upcoming schedule for this next month, and we'll just call February 29th the start of March um, as we go on. And, and Kevin, uh, you were saying, what's the what's the stat about February 29th? 
Earliest start ever in MLS season. Silver anniversary season starts in February. In February. So February 29th on the leap day. Uh, coming in for the uh, LA Galaxy headed to Houston. That game Black is on History Month. Uh, Saturday, February 29th, 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Saturday, March 7th, the LA Galaxy will, of course, have their home opener against the Vancouver Whitecaps at Dignity Health Sports Park. That game on Spectrum Sportsnet. Um, and then you have Saturday, March 14th, a long trip. And, you know, Kevin, we were talking about charters and all that. Charter. I was going to say, charter. Here it comes. Uh, Saturday, March 14th, 2020, 11.30 a.m. Pacific time, kickoff at Inter-Miami. Uh, David Beckham's team there. The um, statue. It's it's going to happen. So uh, so that game, that, will they still be named Inter-Miami by that time, or will the lawsuit have already taken over that says they're not allowed to be Inter-Miami anymore? Which, by the what? way, is a ridiculous lawsuit, and I can't believe they actually let it get past anything. Well, it's actually inner Fort Lauderdale at this point. Yeah, They're playing at Lockhart Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. Inner Miami, Not even the same county. Excuse me, it's inner Miami CF Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. Um, that game nationally televised on Big Bad Fox. Uh, so that is not a Fo- an FS1 broadcast. That is Big Fox, uh, where that bro- game will be broadcast. Obviously, B- David Beckham's former team events, David Beckham's team that he owns. Um, so that's why that one's getting it. Uh, and then the to finish out March, uh, they will host Orlando City March 22nd. So looking at this, um, the Houston Dynamo aren't expected to be on the upper echelons of the Western Conference. So maybe not a horrible start to the season, but the Galaxy have not played Houston well in the past two years. Um, so that'll be something to watch. Uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps not expected again to be in the upper echelon of the Western Conference. Um, they do have an interesting coach up there, but we'll see. They've had all sorts of uh, fun offseason stuff that has happened there, uh, but you would expect the Yellow Galaxy at home to beat the Vancouver Whitecaps when you're looking at this. Traveling all the way to enter Miami in, I think, what is their home opener on Saturday, March 14th is going to be a tough ask. Um, so you can sort of ask that. But then coming home and playing Orlando, who's not expected to be in the upper echelons of the Eastern Conference. Um, well, you know, so it's one of those. Let me put some numbers to that. By the way, speaking of inner Miami or inner Fort Lauderdale, um, I talked to AJ De La Garza. He like, really likes this team. He thinks that they, they're going to have a good team. And, you know, Robles is going to be their Looks like he'll be their goalkeeper. They got Lee Wynn. They've got AJ. They do have some good players there. It'll be interesting to see how they gel. But when you talk about these other teams, I was just actually looking uh, for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> I was looking at the Vegas odds for the coming season. Right. And uh, when you look at where how the Galaxy start the season, right, where they have Houston, Vancouver, Inter-Miami, and Orlando, first four games. From the bottom up, from the bottom up, Nashville is the the long shot at right. 150 to 1. Right above them is Vancouver, then Colorado, then Orlando City, then Houston. So the Galaxy have, uh, you know, three of their first four games are against teams that, that – uh, Las Vegas says are the are among the five worst in the MLS. This, this is why you don't trust Las Vegas a lot of times. The fact that Cincinnati isn't all the way down at the very bottom. And listen, I know they're not super far from the bottom, but the fact that they're not almost last with the fact. I mean, right now I would put Nashville's more. It seems to have their uh, their stuff, their collective stuff together more than the Cincinnati did, who just had right, to fire the their Dave coach. Romney factor. That's exactly. Well, actually, Dave Romney probably going to the bench after they got Walker Zimmerman, which is a, a whole nother interesting thing. I know a lot of Galaxy fans were like, hey, I know a backup defender that the LA Galaxy could get. Um, you know, and, yeah, and how do you think about- Dave Romney accepted that news? It's like, oh, I got my chance. And, <laughs> I don't, I don't want, I'm sure whatever he said cannot be said on this podcast. That's for sure. That's yeah. what I would have said. Uh, there would have been some choice words for sure. Um, but the, again, this is soccer. 
Um, I've seen many careers ruined by the fact that you're never going to get playing time or by poor, um, you know, officials uh, just making bad choices, not game officials, but, uh, you know, front office officials making bad choices with players' careers. So uh, there has to be some luck involved in making a, a real career out of soccer. Um, you have to get some breaks and you have to have people who think, you know, who, who really believe in you in order for that to happen. Um, and that's that's kind of in spite of how good good you are. Uh, which is kind of a scary thought uh, that you could have something changed by, you know, just somebody who doesn't know soccer that well. Um, like they imagine if they let you and I run a team, Kevin, and then we were responsible for professionals livelihoods. That would not be something that I think those professionals would look forward to. No, I, definitely not. <laughs> uh, let's go to LA Galaxy rumors before we close everything up uh, again. We'll have a show on Thursday that will get you ready for this game uh, coming up on Saturday, so you can look for that. But uh, obviously the rumors always swirling, Kevin, and I think we have to start with Alan Franco because um, some changes in his status and sort of what that means and what it might not mean. But uh, I'll, I'll let you kick off Alan Franco. Yeah, somebody promised on Saturday that he was coming. Did, remember that? Yeah, I think his name was Kevin Baxter. The panda himself, yeah. Um, I still, I still believe he's coming, but things have changed a little bit. It seems as if the negotiations have changed a little bit. Uh, what I, I didn't say uh, on the stage was that right before we had started that show, uh, I talked to Dennis. Uh, he was supposed to. I talked about the possibility of actually coming to the live pod and and being up on the stage. And I talked to him and said he couldn't come. He was in meetings. Well, the only thing he was in meetings about at that point was Alan Franco, and that's why I was pretty confident that things were moving along. Things have taken, I don't want to say they've taken a step back, but they uh, it, all of a sudden it's not on the front burner anymore. Alan Franco, who, as we talked about, was sort of on a little bit of a strike trying to force this deal, has now returned uh, to training with the team. Um, he's uh, allegedly now in the squad and will play again. He was you know, one of their, their most used center backs, and he's going to play again. It seems as if the, the negotiations have stalled, although that may not be true. I, I think you had some information that perhaps – stalled might be the wrong word maybe they've actually been completed and the deal is going forward uh we knew that he was going to stay and play with independiente till the end of the season so perhaps his return to the squad could mean a deal's done yeah i mean that's unfortunately you can look at it both ways which is that oh it's not good because he's going back and he's ended his strike and apparently they've even either told him that it's not happening at all although you would think if that happened that would imply a longer strike um, if indeed they were like, it's not happening at all. Um, but what we always knew is that he would stay till March 8th, which would be the last game. Basically, there were three more games. He already missed one over the weekend. That was his strike game. Um, and now he's back. He is in the squad. He's expected to play. I think that they have to play. Um, they have two uh, Superliga uh, Argentina games and one for Copa Sudamericana, which is in Brazil. And I think that Brazil game is the one that he is getting ready to. And, you know, by them getting forward and by uh, by uh, Independiente, you know, moving forward, they get more money. Um, and so that has also been a thing. But we've always known that he's probably would stay for those three games and then be ready to come to the LA Galaxy after March 8th. So uh, again, I, I, I'm so this one is so topsy turvy, Kevin, that it's tough for me to even try to put in words what it would mean on the rumor tracker. And I've been leaving it alone for that reason, because as you said, right now, we're in a position where we think that, you know, it's it's Schrodinger's cat. The cat is both alive and dead at the same time. The deal is both alive and dead at the very yeah. same time. We don't know what it is because we we don't have that you know nobody's told me specifically what is happening down there we know there was another meeting today and that meeting was supposed to um happen and determine the fate of this deal 
Uh, the terms have changed apparently multiple times, which is pretty standard apparently when dealing with uh, some of the Argentine teams. Um, so, and we've sort of went over the mechanisms and how this club is owned and operated um, in in some of our previous podcasts. So, there's so much political pressure thrown into all of this um, with you know the president, who's also a head of the truckers union, and the vice president, who's his brother, sort of pushing away six other board members and the six other board members saying, "Well, we're having a meeting now because we're sick of you guys." And so, there's infighting you know on the board that's supposed to be making these decisions. Um, so, it's just so up and down again. Uh, I think that's. But, yeah. If you try to apply logic, okay, if he's going to strike to force the deal and then the strike ends, yeah, he hasn't forced the deal, hasn't been successful. So why would he end the strike? Maybe he's been told the deal is done. Maybe he got uh, a, a huge raise or he's going to be sent somewhere else. Yes. We just don't know that. But then the other on the Galaxy side, why would you agree to pay a guy and then let him play three more games at the risk of injury? It could be that that's part of the deal. Look, we'll give you guys this guy at the price that you want, but not until March 8th. So it, it, the, the unknown is is just great on this. I, I, I don't think the deal is by any way done. I If I had to guess, I think that uh, – or anyway, finished or over, if I had to guess, I would think that he's coming. And Dennis has sort of tipped his hand in that way because he said to me at least a number of times – if you want to get the guy you want, you have to be a little patient. We may not start the season with our full roster. We may not have everybody we expect to get. We may have to wait a little bit. Uh, and take Dennis at his word, he could very well be talking about Alan Franco when he said all that. He, he, he very well could. Um, so we're sort of in a holding pattern. The other rumor that popped up, at least recently, and maybe it's true, maybe it's not true, maybe other things are happening, but uh, Jurgen Dam, uh, Liga MX player, uh, has 12 caps with the Mexican national team as a winger, um, was uh, had apparently, the reports were saying, had apparently signed a pre-contract with Major League Soccer. and Unknown team. Yeah, unknown, un- team. unknown team, although it was hinted at that it could be Houston or maybe it was the LA Galaxy. Um, I mean, you know, hey, why not throw the Galaxy's name in there whenever you get a chance? Sounds good. Um, but this is a guy who hasn't played very much uh, for Tigres and Tigres down in Liga MX. Uh, and he has been successful with them. 13 goals and 172 overall appearances. Again, a winger. Um, it might make some sense that he comes to the LA Galaxy, but I think we were seeing today, Kevin, that maybe that's not all true. Well, yeah, it's a little bit up in the air. Apparently, Tigres has uh, come back to him with another offer. They are trying to keep him here. Here's some trivia about Jurgen Dom. He has a German passport, just in case you wanted to know. Um, but, I, you know, we talked earlier before we started this about where he would fit in. And if, if you agree that the Katai is not ready for prime time right now, Jurgen Dom slots right into that position. Or, as you mentioned, he's been struggling a little bit. He's not necessarily a surefire frontline player he gives you that depth uh, you know again you got Zubak and some others that you could slot into the top if you wanted or move things around but the galaxy needs some depth up front Jurgen Dam would be a great signing he's somebody that Dennis is very very familiar with came through the youth system when Dennis was, Dennis was there with the national team when Dennis was there this uh, it, it on the surface looks like exactly the kind of guy that Dennis would go after so um uh, you know I'm not going to dismiss the talks but uh um, obviously maybe, maybe when, when, uh, his club down in Germany, in, uh, in Mexico, when Tigres found out that there was some interest in MLS, maybe that made them pay a little bit more attention. It, it seems as if they right now are trying to close a deal to keep him there. 
Um, but then again, there's those reports that he's already signed with an unnamed uh, MLS team, which could very well be the Galaxy. A lot of Mexican players coming to MLS this season. Uh, well, I mean, the pay has finally sort of equaled out. I think we were t- we were talking about the pay is equaled out, um, and the opportunity certainly to have a, to live the American lifestyle is still there. So, um, well, here's the, here's the difference. There are four players in in, in Liga MX last season making more than four million dollars. The most was I think four point eight million dollars. Um, you know, that's uh, Zlatan made almost double that. So if you're a top line player, Chicharito, you can come, uh, Carlos Vela, uh, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, you can come to MLS and make some pretty good money. The difference is in the middle of the rosters because of all the things that have been done with Jam and Tam and, and all the other yams here. The middle roster guys in, in, in Liga MX get paid a little bit better. So if you're a, uh, a middling player, a guy who starts but maybe isn't the big star, uh, MLS or uh, Liga MX is probably a good place for you. You probably do a little bit better. But if you think of yourself as a frontline player and as a game changing type player, uh, you definitely want to come to MLS if you have the opportunity. Uh, all so much fun. The LA Galaxy getting ready to take on the Houston Dynamo coming up this weekend, 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. This game is on Univision, so prepare yourselves for that. We'll be blocked out on ESPN+. Plus. We'll not be uh, on you know Spectrum Sports Night. It's on Univision, so you will need to find that uh, station for your watching uh, pleasure. As we said, uh, Thursday we will have a live show, so you can check that out, um, and we'll get you ready for uh, the upcoming game the weekend, and then it is the week of the home opener following that. So we'll have full coverages that of that as well. Um, I was going to say the other thing we've added some stuff. So if you're not uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel, Kevin, people need to be subscribed to our YouTube channel. We are doing a lot more video. Uh, there's a lot more stuff there. So that's something we want to keep an eye on, keep track of and try to keep producing for you as we go over. And I think we've sort of been joking around. But, uh, you know, Corner of the Galaxy had uh, four credentialed media members, uh, you know, over the last two preseason games. Uh, and that didn't count Kevin, who is an occasional co-host and obviously writes for the LA Times and is credentialed by them. Um, you know, we have two photographers that take pictures for us. We're, we're kind of the largest media contingent covering the LA Galaxy right now, uh, and that's something that I'm, I'm pretty proud of, and we're going to try to continue that as we go through out this year. Um, so if you like what we do, uh, we need your support, we need your views, we need your listens, we need your five-star reviews, your four-star reviews, your three-star reviews, your two-star reviews, and your one-star reviews. Uh, if it's funny enough, I promise that we will read it on on the uh, on the show so uh, get out there and start reviewing and liking and doing all that fun stuff and uh i'm pretty active on comments so if you leave a comment on something and you have a question i'll try to answer it so if you leave one on youtube you leave one on any of our stories or you hit me up on twitter or any of that stuff i can usually uh, try to answer those questions for you sometimes i'm snarky uh, i get that way uh but for the most part i i love all of our listeners and i think that your your inquisitive nature should be applauded because there's a lot of people who talk without knowing what they're talking about and i think kevin you and i are perfect examples of that so um you know we'll always do our best to try to keep you and, and make you the most educated person in your row that's always been our, our our goal here is to make you the smartest person in your row whenever you go to the stadium so that way you can sort of uh, give all that information but tell those people in your row too that they should just be listening to corner of the galaxy uh before i let uh, uh kevin sort of tell us if he has anything else i have to point, point this out and eric brought this up and it was hysterical uh you know we had 200 you know people at the live show and people were watching um and they're sitting there and they were waiting um, and seeing your faces whenever you came around and saw that we were on the stage, and that was great, and it was fun. Uh, but some of the best reactions were people who had no idea what they were walking into at all uh, and would come around the corner and just sort of stare at us like, who the heck are these people, and why are they talking about the galaxy? It was, it was priceless. So uh, that just means we need to do a better job of talking about uh, what we do and how we do it. And so hopefully with all of your help, we can do that. All right, Kevin, anything else you want to get to? 
Yeah, actually, they probably thought it was like the Ellen DeGeneres show or something. Yes, I, there is something I want to get to. One okay. more piece of Jurgen Dam trivia. You know, he's 27, but a study done by the Mexican club Pachuca, and that was uh, backed by FIFA, says that Jurgen Dam is the fastest player in the world. Really? Damn. Ah, uh, there it was. There, no, but that, that's Jurgen true. The other, part was, uh, the, the other part was true. Okay, I knew there was. I knew there was a pun coming. I just didn't know what to, what it was, and so now I know. So that's good. All right, perfect. and that's not a swear word. I was just saying the guy's last name. I know that's you were just saying okay. the guy's last name. Perfect. Or or it's something that holds back water. And, and also one of those things. Those are those yeah. are two things that you were talking about just then. Um, so that's good. All right. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter uh, on Twitter, you of course can find him at kbaxter11. And please head on over to. Uh, K Baxter 11 and the LA Times. Uh, Kevin does a great job covering soccer in Southern California, and he would absolutely love it if you would read his stories and share his stories. Uh, again, covering soccer in SoCal and all over, and he'll be on the road with the LA Galaxy headed to Houston. If you're looking for me on Twitter, at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Uh, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. We have that t-shirt for sale, $20. Still have about uh, two and a half weeks left on that, so you still have some time, but get on that. Um, help us out here at the show, and we can keep uh, rocking and rolling to all that stuff that you want to do, scarves and all that other stuff. We're also going to have a sticker. A sticker is coming up for you very, very soon, so you're going to want to watch that as well. All right, for Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Kessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.